to the Her Influence podcast, calling women to rise in purpose and influence your world with real voices, bold words, and whole hearts. The Her Influence podcast is created on behalf of Gather Women by Women in Canada for women everywhere to rise in their leadership influence wherever they are planted. And now, here are your hosts, Kathy Ostapchuk, Vanessa Hoyes, and Caitlin Say. Hi, everyone. I'm Kathy Ostapchik, one of the co-hosts for the Her Influence podcast, and so excited to be with you today, especially because this is the launch of our fourth season. I can't even believe that we have had three seasons behind us. Such great guests, such great conversations, and I do believe they are going to be even better. So I'm excited because we are all the three of us in the same Zoom room tonight recording this. We've got Caitlin Say from Saskatoon, and we've got Vanessa Hoys coming to us from just outside Montreal. And I am the lead catalyst of Gather Women, one of the co-founders, and I still continue to lead that ministry into the future that is really more uncertain than it has ever been. But the fact that we are trying to empower women across the nation is actually more important than it's ever been. So I'm so pleased and privileged and honored to be able to continue in that even in and especially in a pandemic. It's very, very exciting, never boring. Caitlin, how about you? Tell us a little bit about yourself for those who haven't met you yet. Sure. Well, thank you, Kathy. I am so honored to be a co-host of this Gather Women podcast, along with the two of you incredible women. And like you said, I am a Saskatchewan woman. I love the prairies and it's amazing that we can connect through Zoom and technology. And I mean, that was the case before COVID, but it's feeling even more um, advantageous to all of us these days, I think. And so I'm very thankful for that. And here in Saskatoon, I I'm a pastor, the sisterhood pastor at Elam Church and uh, the director of a youth ministry called Inspire Our Nation. So I'm enjoying the mix of of, uh, generations and people and all of the excitement that comes along with that. And like many of you, just exploring and navigating the the unique challenges and blessings that are coming along with, with this unique time on the planet. Yeah, well, I'm so happy to be with you in the same virtual room today. I remember when we started, the three of us were together in in one room together with all the equipment. We thought this is the only way we can do it. And now we're learning this is the way we're all having to do it. But thank you for being so gracious in your representation um, of mixing in with all the generations. I would be the senior senior person in this group. You would be the youngest. And right smack in the middle, we've got beautiful Vanessa Hoyes from Montreal now, but not originally from Montreal. So Vanessa, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, it is amazing to be here with you girls. And so my name is Vanessa Hoyes and... Uh, I'm married to Andrew, been married 21 years in summer, actually, just the summer gone. We were celebrated 21 years and we have four daughters and um, we moved from Australia five years ago. So, so many amazing people across this nation I'm yet to connect with, but we love this nation. We feel like our feet are firmly planted here in Quebec and we are contending to stay and really, um, really, really digging our roots deep. So we love what God is doing in this nation. And that's what Gather affords me is the 
opportunity to think nationally. And so I love this movement across our nation. And it's an honor to be with you girls. Well, it's great to be together. I think we feed off of each other. I think we're all kind called to be creatives and pioneers in one form or another and connectors. And we're all doing in our sphere of influence what we're doing, but we're also sensing that there's a national call on each of us. And so that's why it's so fun to be together and also to hopefully be a voice that represents any women out there uh, that are listening, that we are here to give voice to some of the things that you're carrying each and every day. But here we are in a pandemic. It's been a while since our last podcast in season three. And I guess my question is like, what's something that's unexpected, a little surprise maybe in your personal life that's, that's been going on just to catch us up on where you are, Caitlin? Little surprises. Well, we were actually just saying, uh, the three of us, before we got going here tonight, that I'm a little surprised we're still in the pandemic, to be honest with you. Um, it, you know, when things, when things started and things were closing up, it just seemed like this will be, you know, a few weeks, okay, maybe stretched out to a few months. And now, you know, we're, we're headed into winter and and we're still here. And uh, in some ways in our nation, we're even, we're, we're, you know, seeing things closing up again. And that's surprising. And so we were, we were joking that, you know, we, people are getting their hair appointments in, they're getting their dentist appointments in, because we just don't know. And um, so it's an interesting time. I mean, maybe you reminded me, I might need to schedule that, that hair appointment, but um, you know, along with that, we know who goes before us. We know that God is with us and for us, and it gives us opportunities to be connecting in unique ways. And it's so true that when we face challenges together as a Christian body in this nation, uh, it's it's unifying. There's just potential for amazing unification, and I'm looking forward to seeing how God continues to unfold that. Yeah, right. The challenge that we're still here. We never expected it, but yet the opportunity with that. Vanessa, about, what about you? What's been going on maybe a little bit personally that you can catch us up to date with? Well, I am. Um, yeah, it's been the length of this feels long now, I'm for sure. Like we're from another nation. So feeling restricted from being able to bring our parents over this summer was really heartbreaking for sure for us. Australia completely shut its borders. And so we just couldn't even fly my mum in. But um, I think the surprise is we're local church pastors as well here. And so I guess the, the, the surprising strength for me has been the resilience of our people. That's been a real surprise. Um, not because I didn't think they had it within them, but for the length of time, our community feels strong and connected. Um, our team feels engaged and caring. And, and that surprised me that a, a five-year-old church could, you know, I guess last a distance when I do know that it's a lot of a struggle going on for so many people. So, and then that would be the strengths that I'm noticing throughout this, this season for people. I'm noticing our young adults, um, to be honest, some of them are thriving in this season, their innovation, they their debts they're paying off their um just the way they're thinking differently right like the even permission to maybe be outside of the city but still connected to our church that's all been incredible surprises in terms of my family our personal life um you know, I think that's been for teenagers. It's like young, 
it, you know, every different generation is handling this differently. So um, I'm, I'm in a home with teenagers and a 10 year old and um, closer than ever to them, but the, the anxiety, the mental health, the, the challenges of their well-being in that way is definitely been what we are contending for. Um, and then as a family, we, we're really excited though to be entrusted this season to launching um, a movement actually to support people that have lost babies during pregnancy. And so our families rallied back around that because we lost a baby um, 11 years ago. And so we kind of really owned and, 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 and launched that over the last um, month or two together as a family. So then, you know what? The thing that keeps surprising me is when we all start to think beyond ourselves again um, and start to realise there's other people that are carrying loss in all different ways and loss is loss no matter whether it's a baby or a job, to be honest, like loss can be loss. And so my family really leaned into this last season. And so um, for all the ups and downs in our own home, there's just been this outward focus that I think has also connected us and unified us together. So that's been a real blessing in this actual last month, to be honest. So yeah that's so good because what we classify as a blessing and what is a curse or a challenge you know we see that it can be totally turned around depending on your perspective yeah. for myself i've this whole idea of time has been interested interesting to me because so much of my time before was like going places driving here driving there or getting on planes and going places visiting my daughter in winnipeg or my sister and brother in edmonton and Calgary and now it's just like I couldn't go away to those places so the time you know after the whole thrill of Netflix on the couch you know with chocolate and dangly earrings and bathrobe after that wears off it's like okay what can I do with this time and it's been interesting to see how I feel like the pace of my life has slowed down but the energy has ramped up and so I've been very grateful for that because the fear is that I'm going to slow down so much that I'll just stop. And so the momentum to keep going, I think is really a gift of the Holy spirit and the call on my life. So I've been just very fascinated by this whole, how do we have too much time? Do we not have enough time? I think it's just what you make it even in, and especially in a, a pandemic. So it's been good. I'm still here. You both are still here. And that's really good because we have, some things that we want to share with our listeners today. Um, we've all processed differently and we've been experiencing different things. And so we've shared a little bit about that personally, but on, on, I think in terms of what we're each carrying, how has that looked and felt to each of us in this time? Like what are some surprising things that we've done? Maybe they weren't surprising, but the fact that we even did them or went a different direction during a pandemic um, might be interested, might be interesting for our listeners to hear. And so Caitlin, I would love to start with you, hear what you've been up to um, in terms of the call on your life, what you're carrying um, and some interesting things that you've done. Okay. Well, for one thing, I just have to start off by saying I I don't think you have uh, too much of a problem with too much free time on your hands, Kathy. I I just I'm not sure that that's that's ever going to be an issue for you. Um, but I'm glad that you keep us all moving and shaking in this nation. Um, it's interesting you talk about knowing what to do with our time, and I think you know no matter 
when we were on this planet, what generation, you know, uh, what century, that's an interesting thing. What do we do with this, this one life that we have? And there are so many people kind of re-examining that question. And it's just so true that when we're limited in some way, we often think of limitation as a bad thing. But when we feel the squeeze of limitation is when we take a good look at what is in my hands and how am I spending it? We really start asking those questions about stewardship. Um, from our energy to our thoughts to our time to our money because we feel that we actually only have so much even though we know that intellectually our we have one life to live um, when we feel a squeeze is when we really start to assess and re-examine those things and so that's been an excellent thing for me personally to be walking through. And it's just this opportunity for all of us um, to be coming before God and asking him for that direction when it comes to stewardship and really values. Um, what we want to be valuing most in our lives and moving towards that personally in our families, in our communities, in our churches, and, uh, and in our ministries. And so we can be living the lives we want to be living. And that's one of the gifts of the limitations of the pandemic, I believe, that it can, has the potential to be moving us towards the lives we want to be living and, uh, and really living the Christianity that Jesus has for us right now um, in the way he wants to offer us that. And so that's been important for me to be thinking about just very personally with my own time um, and uh, how I'm using it. And then certainly within the ministries that I am so privileged to, to be leading and to be part of. And, um, and so recently we were able with the Inspire Ministry, uh, Inspire Our Nation, um, to be spending more time together as a team, which has been wonderful to hear one, one another, to, to be getting rooted and solidified in our values and, you know, what comes first for us. So that's all been so good just for um, that, that team dynamic. But then out of that comes, you know, what we do what we choose to do. And again, when you feel that, that squeeze of uh, resources or maybe feel limited, um, I think what we do is more intentional. And so we just launched our first uh, live and online conference, October 2nd and 3rd, where we had presenters and performers from all over the nation. We had keynote speaker, Jason Ballard. Um, we had indigenous youth voices, um, a variety of voices. Uh, we also had, um, we had workshops on, you know, anti-racism and just having these discussions with youth and, uh, and with, with leaders and just powerful interaction. And so, we were able to, you know, do a lot of this online, but also interact with watch party hosts across the nation, which was uh, just a powerful thing to come around these themes and topics. A big theme for us is reconciliation. And really that's at the heart of the gospel. So we just, um, we bring, you know, everything back to, to the gospel and what does it mean for us today? And to see youth engaged in these discussions. In fact, youth telling as adults and leaders and caregivers what they need to be able to move forward in strength in um, in gospel living and what that looks like and what we heard a lot of is 
is just that we need to see this diversity in leadership in, in the church and really just in spheres of society and the nation. And um, it was amazing to hear that from them and, uh, and to see youth inspire one another because uh, they really are powerful at, at, at being the ones who are the catalysts of change for the gospel of Jesus. So connecting indigenous communities with um, churches in different cities. And it was an incredible experience. And our team was stretched uh, right from uh, technology challenges that we had never tried before to uh, just connections, but we were all learning and growing together. And so that's, that's part of it. And, um, and then, you know, another, another big piece is just, um, you know, measuring effectiveness as we're all going about different initiatives. And like I said, you know, um, being intentional about what we choose to do, then, then just looking at what are our measures of success right now? And, um, and is what we're doing really taking us again where we want to go? And we can be asking those questions as individuals. Um, the actions we're taking right now in our lives, are they really leading to the places we want to be going? And do they reflect our values? And then doing that again um, within our ministries, our, our homes. And, and so um, within our, our sisterhood community here uh, in Saskatchewan in particular, we've been asking that question. And so out of that question, came the Rooted Mentorship Program, which has just been amazing to see the development of that. It was really a labor of love of many different women who uh, wrote pieces for our journal and our training manual. And, um, and so we were able to match uh, many women one-on-one uh, -on -one with a partner for an eight-month program and, uh, and really take a coach approach to biblical discipleship and mentoring. And so that that's been exciting because that, you know, that coach approach to discipleship, that question asking, that empowering the other um, is just a, a powerful thing. And so seeing that come to life in, in these discipleship um, relationships has just been a powerful thing. And again, the goal being life transformation um, with that gospel message at the center. But, um, but that sort of leads me to to a very important initiative this fall that is part of being able to do these things, you know, um, our leadership teams, both with Sisterhood and, and with Inspire, um, together we went on a, a silent retreat and there was a little bit of teaching just around um, soul care and how our souls, they really are like suitcases. Dr. Uh, Rob Reimer teaches that in, in his soul care, but truly they just get packed and full. And because we can't necessarily see that packed suitcase, sometimes we just want to forget about it. But that stopping, that being silent with the Lord. And uh, for us as leaders, um, that's so key when we want to see transformation to be to being transformed. And so that um, retreat was actually just such a catalyst for us to be able to move um, in the rhythms of the spirit in, in the activities that we were setting about and also in our own personal lives and, uh, and be whole in it all. So that was a very powerful weekend for many, um, just 
listening to the Lord, being still. There's so much that um, comes up when we stop. And they say the soul is, uh, is shy, you know, and so sometimes we just need to stop and be silent. And, um, and so that has all been exciting and made for an exciting fall. And for me personally, just a big highlight has been the launch, the kickoff of the Sisterhood Lead Women Cohort at Horizon College and Seminary here in Saskatoon. 21 called, anointed, passionate women of all ages, um, very young women spanning up, you know, to, to grandmas and, and beyond. Um, all in one room, just ready to learn this math. We're uh, together going after this Masters of Leadership and Theology. And being in the room together for our first weekend was just remarkable, incredible. Professor Dr. Susan Wendell has worked very hard to bring this about, and I'm thankful to be participating in that. So it's it's been an exciting season. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, if you could see us now, we're all smiling. Vanessa and I are just smiling because I think of, you know, the school um, children coming back to school in the fall and reading, standing up in front of the classroom and saying how I spent my summer vacation. And here's Caitlin saying how I spent the last few months when everyone else was just like trying to figure it all out. You're actually not only figuring a lot of things out, but moving forward and executing some pretty amazing things. And as strategic pillars with Gather, we've really embraced three things. And the first is to champion truth. And I love that you started with that suitcase, you know, what is in our soul and to unpack that, stop, start there with God, but change our nation, change our world. Oh my goodness, you are a change maker. And if anybody wanted to know what's going on with the women in Saskatoon, what's going on with the youth in Saskatoon, you've heard it here that there are amazing things happening. God is at work. And this middle piece, challenging inequity, I mean, you're bringing the voices of the next generation together to the table to talk about just that. Indigenous is a beautiful uh, race in our country. We have long forgotten to have the conversations that we are having now. And so this is such an important fabric of our nation. And so the fact that you are out there leading the way changing things is is amazing. I'm really impressed, Caitlin. I really am, I have to say. That's awesome. Thank you, Kathy. Many, many, many hands. All, you know, all team, all team. Many, many, many hands. I just, I just get to talk about it here. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah pretty cool. I love it. I love it. Um, being from Western Canada myself, I'm just so happy that, you know, there's just so such a great report coming from your mouth to us from what's going on there in your area. And so Vanessa, I don't know if you re want to respond at all to what Caitlin has said. And then I want to hear from you as well. Like what's going been going on with you in the last few months? Well, I mean, Caitlin just when she opens her mouth, there's wisdom that comes out of Caitlin. And so that's what it is. It's costly experience that I can always hear from her. And I, I want to jump on the back of the coaching, like that coaching side of um, discipleship. I love that. I love that thought. I love that concept. Um, in my local church, uh, my husband and I founded it five years ago, Resurgent Church here in Montreal, but um, we we actually really just re-clarified my role to be called coaching pastor in this season. My That's my background. Um, 
you know, to have studied counseling and then life coaching. And so we came to see those gifts and strengths for me were in the coaching piece of, um, of our leaders and our team. But I really genuinely see that as that co-journeying alongside someone like the discipleship. I, used, I, I always, I am so fascinated when I look at the life of Jesus and the way he so uniquely knew Peter and then he knew James differently and then he knew Matthew. And even though he would call them and, and disciple them, he was coaching them into their unique, you know, voices that they had and personalities that they had and he knew them. And so he used such different techniques with each of them, right? And so I'm super fascinated by that. So that has been my year, to be honest. I think just really coming to um, take that gift on my life and um, offer it and steward it, like you said, Caitlin, wherever I can. I was just I actually... I'm on this podcast recording with both you women and I have my journal in front of me from this year because it's been such a wild year. I'm like, if I don't actually get my journal out, I, I don't know if I can really comprehend what these last few months have been. But so I'm just back in the early parts of the 2020 and I wrote across my 2020 before the pandemic had even hit. I wrote, um, for us personally, this is a decade of, destiny defining decisions like we're 45 this year my husband and I so um we uh we started again at 40 and so we really felt like this year was like a pretty huge um uh des like defining year for us and who knew that COVID would come right in that in that year of making some decade-long decisions for our life and so but I think that is what God's doing. I do. I feel like God is allowing a lot of us to make decisions that are not just to cope and are not just to survive COVID, but I think he's crafting within us a response that is going to be a decade long. And I don't mean that COVID's going to be a decade long, but I do think our 20s, our 2020s is going to look so different now and that we are making decisions and um, dreams and ideas and innovation and responses and resilience that is actually going to take us, um, move us forward for the next decade. I feel that for the church. I feel that for individuals. I feel that for the marketplace. And so um, this word in my journal that this is a year of making decade-long decisions has been interesting. And so from there, I really began then myself to go, well, if we're going to make a decade of decision, a decade's worth of decisions, then I want to make sure my values are clarified. So that was really important to me. And I think to a lot of us this year, we've really gone strip a whole lot of things away. What do we value? And what are our values that we want to stay congruent to? And then I wanted to make sure that not only were my values clear, but the because on my life was clear. And so I just took some time again to just reiterate the because of my life and then my family's life. Why are we here? Why are we doing what we're doing? When you're not sure whether your church is going to thrive and you've got to navigate what does that mean, like as individuals, as leaders, then you start asking yourself questions that allow you to also be innovative and look through what that might look like in terms of income streams and moving forward and supporting your family and all the rest of it. And so we asked lots of those questions this last few months as well. And 
those questions um, are important and actually they open up amazing doorways to God's um, you know, new things in our life. And so I moved um, to become bivocational by working for the church and also moving into a life coaching space. And that's been an incredible opportunity this year as well. And that coaching space has really taught me um, that people are born to thrive when times are hard, like what God has put within every single human being is stunning is um is refined in challenging times is so unique i'm coaching people in all different parts of the world and all different ages and i'm constantly blown away by what is being drawn out of them in these ideas and the resilience and the coping like capacity that they have for life so that's been breathtaking to watch and then um I've allowed myself to be in that space and then I've started to practice a lot more fixed hour praying throughout my days because I'm a nine on the Enneagram so I can do a whole lot of things at once but I needed a few things to send to me and so my fixed hour praying and my daily Bible reading, they're quite downstream kind of disciplines that I've just engaged over the last few months as well. And then honestly, the other thing that I really felt was um, important in terms of coming alongside my family in this season, my daughters, was um, that I had to make sure I was okay in the middle of this season. And so um, I found myself middle of June feeling super lost to, okay, I've got everything going on, but, but what's like, where am I really? I felt like I was, I'm a nine, like I said, on the Enneagram. So I was falling asleep, right? To the crisis and the just busy, 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 but like falling asleep. And so um, I just wrote this poem that I'm going to read out. And um, I just wrote down, hello me. I wrote, I lost me in COVID. She fell asleep so she could serve others without truly having to feel. She refused to feel the confusion, the anxiety or the invitation. She knew it was wilderness, but she didn't want to risk the wildness. So she hid behind busyness in doing, in striving, in eating. The running stopped, the writing stopped, the stretching stopped, the rhythm stopped. But the beckoning didn't stop and the nudge wouldn't stop and the invitation remained graciously. And so today, mid-June, she was found, found with the open pages, the blank lines, the first ever poem, the new pathway, the awakening, the coming out of hiding, the showing up. Her soul can't survive when it is asleep. It needs to ask questions of the pain, the fear, the exhaustion and the future. The questions are big. What is the new normal? Why does this feel more important than just a few months of pause? Who will I become if I stay awake? These are my questions and this is me. And I feel this invitation to keep asking the hard questions of our life. I love the conversations I have with friends about the hard questions of our life and my daughters and my husband and my church and And then as we come to the end of my part of the story, honestly, 
Gather's part to play in my awakening has been huge. Um, I volunteer in this space with every other incredible team member of Gather and amidst everything I was carrying, I had to ask myself, did I still want to serve in this way? And I genuinely felt like the Lord said, um, Gather offers you the national perspective um, of what I am doing amongst this nation. And so my standout moment of the last few months was coming alongside Kathy and really watching a boldness, a pioneer, this, this founder of this movement, and I'm not saying this because I'm on a Gather podcast, but the founder of this movement found um, new words to say about the very reason why she pioneered this movement and honestly, it, it came alive in me as well. And so where our listeners are seeing Gather going in this next season, it's not a new pathway. It's not a new direction. I believe it's been in Kathy and in those who have served in this movement from the very beginning of time. But I'm telling you, it reawakened in me my reason for being in the nation and um, being alongside this team and feeling the stretch of um, do I have more within me to serve and volunteer and carry in this way? And the answer is yes, because I believe so deeply in where God is taking this movement. So I'm excited to move the focus off me and, and my COVID experience and our last six months and um, really move on to hear from Kathy what God's been doing in you. Your first poem out of all of that is incredible. And I heard similar things that we didn't know that we'd hear from each other, but Caitlin, you were talking about the squeeze of time. And Vanessa, you were just talking about the squeeze of life, of the pandemic, and how it could either, you know, do something really energetic in you or make you kind of stop completely because of the way you're wired. And I felt the squeeze as well. I felt the squeeze that as a movement, we could no longer gather live and we yet we were gathered. So what do we do without that live connection? How do we continue to exist? And I love that both of you referred to, you need to ask the questions. You need to ask the questions, right? And this first strategic pillar that we've come to through listening prayer at Gather with our board and with our exec team is we always need to be a champion be about championing the truth and the truth is that okay whatever tethers us will be true for us it will be what we base our entire belief system on so it is the person of jesus christ it's the power of the holy spirit it's the purpose of god it's the proclamation of god's word and the fact that caitlin you went on a silent retreat with your team the fact that vanessa you leaned in to hear the voice of the lord and what he called your family to and what he called you to he's so faithful to reveal it and for so long, I was hiding my little secret where I would get up every morning and make smoothies for my husband at 6.30 faithfully and do this thing. But you know what? I could not help but go back to bed. I had to go back to bed. But in that time, I got into a new spiritual rhythm of rest, receive, and respond. And I actually 
it was a spiritual exercise every morning in that prone place of lying down where it kind of set the intention and the direction for the day. And I hadn't done that before the pandemic, but this was my centering. And without that, you know, I think I would be lost. Like Vanessa, you use that word lost. And I wonder how many women listening would like raise their hands at that moment and say, oh, that's me. Oh my goodness. You just described exactly what I've been feeling. And so I felt a little sense of that too. Like, okay, well, I had planned to relaunch my own personal website in coaching and consulting and speaking, but who is really speaking anywhere if you can't go anywhere? And so, so much of the questions had to do with, okay, God, where have you placed me and why? And my big aha moment really was just you know, Paul in the book of Philippians, like he's placed in a prison. And I believe the most important letters of his whole life were written out of that <laughs> Philippian jail. And it's not lost on me that the Philippian church was actually founded by a woman, Lydia, like it's very significant, but that the gospel continued to go forth. And so that revelation to me is like, okay, how is the gospel continuing to go forth? How does my question launching gather of where are the women? How does that still apply? How do we get the answer to that in the middle of a pandemic when we are more disconnected than ever and our opportunities to gather have basically ceased to exist? And so it's interesting, where am I? Where are the women at the beginning of launching gather was where are they in the country? I want to know where the women are. But now the question in the summer became where are the women? Are we positioned, are the women positioned in any place that we are visible, <laughs> even to the rest of the church, to the rest of the nation? And I realized, you know, we can find ourselves, but we also need to position ourselves in a place that we will be seen. And if Jesus was walking and living on this earth, of course, we know that he sees us and he would see us. He would turn to the hemorrhaging woman which we, and say, like, I see you. <laughs> Who are you? And I see you. He would turn to that woman in this synagogue that's been, you know, bent over for 18 long years. And he would say, I see you. And today you are healed. And he would see us at the well, you know, looking for that living water. So where is he, you know, in this moment? And I think we have Jesus in us, we can have the confidence in ourselves to say, look, if you don't see me, how can I position myself so that I am seen and heard as a valued part of the church? How do I receive the grace that I have inherent value that I don't have to keep working myself or proving myself or producing output to, to, to be seen and heard? And I think, Vanessa, you made that point. Like, I don't need to be all of those things all the time to all the people. And so in the summer through listing prayer with the board and our exec team, we realized that Gather had always had the value of being a boldness, that we choose to be bold. We've, we're very polite. We're very well-spoken. We don't want to offend anybody. And so we played it safe for the first number of years. But boldness does not mean playing it safe. You know, when you look at Jesus being bold, like he turned over the tables um, in the temple, like he was against injustice and Jesus and justice go hand in hand. So what is unjust, unjust in our world that we can speak into? Well, obviously it's being female sometimes <laughs> makes it an uneven playing field. And 
we can talk about that, but not in places where we will never be heard, like in coffee shops or on the phone to each other or texting back and forth. Where can we have these conversations where we can be heard? And then injustice against race, indigenous, black, every other race um, newly arrived to Canada, refugees, where, where their voices are either silenced or underrepresented at the table. And then those that have less than us, and there are those that have more, but how do we talk about the inequity there in terms of class? And so a seat at the table just came out of this thing where I just thought, would I be bold enough, um, not only for Gather, but for myself to say, let's set a table and have these conversations. Let's talk about the truth that we're tethered to. Let's talk about the inequities that exist. Let's talk about how to change our nation together because I don't hear the conversations that are happening. And if they're happening, I want to know about them. But if we can initiate that conversation, then let's invite everyone to the table that we can. And so we're going to do this seat at the table conversation on November 6th online. And we're confident that we can do something online. Well, because we did our true conference in May, which is still available for purchase. It was incredible. Caitlin was part of it. Vanessa was part of it. Amazing women from across the nation. But this, a seat at the table is for men and women of the nation, pastors, leaders, students, Anyone who's interested in those that are thinking about the future of the church in Canada, the future of what, how will women help the church flourish? How will talking about injustice of any kind actually make it a mainstream conversation and not just keep it hidden? And then talk together how we will change our nation together. And how can Canada lead the way globally? Because I believe that we can. And so this bold new voice that came out of me actually was already in the hearts of several of our interns and our board, and we just didn't even know it. And it was in Vanessa, of course. And she's been, she's come from a nation where, you know, gender equity was perhaps a little bit more the norm than the exception. And so I'm really confident that God is moving us into new places out of a place where we have been squeezed or we haven't been paying attention to this new path available. So because we can't gather live, we're going digital. And because we need to be seen and heard because all of a sudden these things are crucial to our path forward, we're setting the table for something that we probably would still be waiting for an invitation to. So I don't know if any of that makes sense, but I'm really excited about the future. I do believe we will have to use technology and innovation, but if real life contact comes back in any way, shape or form, we're going to appreciate it so much. We're, we're not let, going to let go of each other when we see each other in the same room because we've been a, without it. And the heart yearns for that, which it cannot have, right? So I can't wait to be in the room with both of you and with all the other women in Canada that have been doing amazing things. So I guess I want to ask you, um, as we close this podcast, what's a moment of epiphany or a principle that you kind of gleaned from this really challenging time that you think would be encouraging to anyone listening? Caitlin, I'll start with you. 
Sure. I, great question. I think that's a great question. And thank you, Kathy, so much for sharing that, that heart and that vision and where this important event is really coming from uh, seat at the table. It's going to be incredible. I was just saying how it is really valuable for, for leaders and uh, church leaders, students, just those who are interested in the church in Canada right now and what's happening to be hearing recent developments, recent statistics, recent feedback, what's being said, um, because things are changing so fast. And I know you have those voices coming to take a seat at the table. So there's going to be a lot more um, important pertinent, um, valuable discussions happening that we're all going to benefit from. I'm very excited that that's happening. So thank you for sharing your vision for that. Um, when I think about heading into the winter and really just the situation that we find ourselves in in COVID, when you ask about a, an epiphany or an encouragement or a principle, two things actually come to mind. The first one is start small. Start small. Those words have been percolating in my mind. I was with a young woman recently who had really given up on faith. She had a strong faith growing up and through her teenage years, through her, her 20s, but she found herself in, in her 30s really disillusioned. The things she had asked God for weren't happening. And, um, you know, she was just disappointed in the way that her life was turning out and going. And um, she had actually attended one of our sisterhood events in March, right before the pandemic began. And our friend Cheryl Nemhard was speaking at this event, and she was so impacted by Cheryl's message of hope. She said it was just, uh, she was in tears and her heart was just opened. Um, God came and just showed her that there was hope. And um, she said that we need to never underestimate the value of starting small because she went home that night, she came before God and, and she said, you know, Lord, how am I ever going to get back to where I was? And she said she thought back to, well, how did I get here to a place where I feel so far from him? And she said the changes were so small and subtle, little by little by little by little. She just had walked away from her faith in her God. And she said, God spoke to her and said, if that's how you got here, then that's how I'm going to get you back. And so one small choice at a time, she said, just to open her Bible was so painful, just to crack it open. But she would open her Bible and she'd read one verse. And even if that was all she could do that day, it was something. And it was small, but those small little choices lead somewhere. So don't underestimate your small choices. And if you feel heartbroken, if you feel distant from our Father, if you feel disillusioned or disappointed with where you are in life, start small. Do the small thing you know to do and you find the strength to do inside of you and trust that he will lead you forward. Um, she is in a thriving place right now. She has stepped back into ministry where she needs to be, where God is using her and redeeming her story. It's incredible. So start small. And the second thing I want to say is begin again. 
begin again. I'm in a cohort right now with women taking their masters in theology and leadership. These are women of all ages. And I was so privileged to hear some of the stories of the women who are uh, grandmas and retired and in a stage of life where it takes a lot of courage to sign back up as a student. And, um, and as they, one woman in particular told her story of starting, she said, you know what, in a few years, I'm, I'm going to be a few years older. I want to be a few years older with this equipping. And uh, so even if it's been a while since you've been in a certain space, if you feel a calling, a prompting, if it's something that you feel would be life-giving, do not be afraid to begin again because God is the God of hope. And uh, he's, you know, we're all getting older, speaking of time. So in a few years, we're all going to be a few years older and we might as well be working towards the things that God is calling us to. So, so start small and begin again. So, so good. So, so encouraging. I feel like a coach has just kind of gotten me ready to go out on the field and, and play, you know, play the game of my life. So I love that. Thank you so much, Caitlin. Vanessa, what about you? Well, I have never done growing a garden since living here in Canada. So I knew my window was not now. I knew it was like over spring and summer. So I did all that and then we collected everything. And so my kitchen right now is full of hundreds of baby great tomatoes, tomatoes, you say here, tomatoes, we say in Australia. And so um, they're in a brown paper bag because they're green, because the, the frost was coming, but I had to get them off. So someone said, put them in a brown paper bag. So every day I go down to that brown paper bag now, not in its normal environment, but in my kitchen, and I see them starting to ripen. And it really has made me think that this is not what we all imagined our environment would look like to ripen and to thrive. But, and it's not happening for some of us the way we're hearing other stories, right? But every day I come and just grab another one or another two that have gone red, you know, a little bit more red. And so I just want to encourage people that honestly, like the fruitfulness, the ripening, it may not look like the normal environment, but everything that's been developed in you in that garden is still going to come to fruition. And so I find that we don't want to just go, oh, how is um, this one year or what was great in that season? I find every month right now I'm hosting online just a, a guided monthly kind of mindfulness practice where we just ask ourselves six or seven questions of the month. And that allows us to keep finding fruit right? Every month, every single month. And so, um, you know, the, anyone that listens to this is welcome to jump on um, that, just that Zoom call that I do at the end of every month, inspired by Joanna LaFleur, who got out her calendar once and said she just does this five-minute practice of being gra grateful for the month just gone. And so I just took it a little bit question, um, further. But my questions, if you never get to join me in that mindfulness practice of every month is just these, and I'll put them in the show notes. Where did I see forward movement? So where are you going to look for the forward movement you've just had in the last month? What moments have held meaning? Who taught me something new? How did I make room for what matters most in this last month? Where did I laugh deep belly up, um, laughs this month? What, who got my best this month? And if I could name the month just gone, what would I name it? 
And to me, that kind of practice is grabbing the red, ripe tomatoes out of the big brown paper bag every month and seeing what God's doing through you, in you and through you. And so you are so loved. Anyone that's listening to this, you're loved, you believed in. And I really, truly believe fruit's going to continue to develop out of your life as well. Yeah, that's such a, even that word fruit implies something life and something mm. nourishing and nurturing. And so many of us have felt, you know, we've been more in touch with our dead places because, you know, we've had time to explore that. And so to know that there's fruit and fruit that can only be grown in this season, if our lives are that brown paper bag, you know, there's great tomatoes coming up. So those questions are great. So yes, Vanessa, let's include those in the show notes and all of this, um, all of our principles and some of the uh, notes from this uh, will be in the show notes. And for me, it's very similar. I think um, I, I think we focus so much on our brain activity and what we're doing and how many things we can do at once. And, you know, some of us just feel alive when we're multitasking, as you've heard from the nature of our lives. But I've learned that I need to pay attention to my heart. So trying new things is one of the strategies, I think, during the pandemic. And so I go for a daily walk and I started to switch up my music list. And so in my former life, I used to do quite a lot of conducting and I was a musician. And I actually, as a composition major, I had to analyze the major symphonic works and, you know, just go through them. And now I start, I started listening to Mahler's fifth symphony, the, the Adagietto and Rachmaninoff's, you know, fifth and just listening and then it, letting nature just wow me and stopping and enjoying those moments where my heart was just open to receive things that I had been too busy before then to receive. And so I would say, pay attention to your heart. I wrote something today to our gather email list and feel free to sign up on the gather (laughs) website if you'd like to get this. But I said the same brain that keeps telling you to push forward has also slowly been encroaching on the space that your heart needs to survive. And we don't realize it until we have a crisis and we realize it. Oh my goodness. What happened to the space in my heart? Have you been paying attention to your heart? The state of one's heart inevitably shapes one's life. It is ultimately the place where everything is decided. So it's not your brain that decides. It's your heart that decides. So I would just say, you know, nurture your heart. Keep it alive. Invite God into that sacred space and find renewal. And it's from that sanctuary that the newly invigorated life actually goes forth. And so I think we've all said almost the same thing, like awake, begin again, you know, find life in that sacred space, ask the questions, look for the fruit. And this poem um, that I found is just so beautiful. It says, in the deserts of the heart, let the healing fountain start. In the prison of his days, teach the free man how to praise. And I think if we have felt like we've been in a prison, and if we're looking ahead to the winter, and we're a little bit desperate because we feel the walls closing in, I do believe that we are the fr- we can be the freest in the places of our heart where God meets us. And so I would encourage everybody to pay attention to your heart. And you know, if you need something ask for it. I'm just realizing the wealth of wisdom 
we have in this room together. What Caitlin brings to her world of influence to the nation, what Vanessa brings to her local sphere into the nation, and what I am called to bring, we are here for you. And there are many more women like us. We mentioned a couple today, Cheryl Nemhart, you know, Joanna LaFleur. We're all here with the call on our lives to serve. And so reach out to us at Gather Women. Reach out to Kaylin. Reach out to Vanessa. We want to connect because that's going to be the life-giving blood that really runs across all of our provinces and territories is that we stay connected and we keep each other going. And so we are so happy that you've joined us today on this launch of season four. What can you expect in the months ahead? Well, some of the equippers for the seat at the table, both men and women will be on the podcast. We are going to be talking with Jason Ballard and Shayla Visser of Alpha. They will be talking about championing truth. That is what Alpha is based on. We're going to be talking about inequity of race, inequity of gender. We've got Chris Price, Alita Friesen. Vanessa will be one of those speakers. Cheryl Nemhard, Aquia Carmichael, Maggie Johns, Kali Wood. And then we're going to talk about um, how do we change the nation and shape the church and who's responsible for that. I think we all are. So we've got Carrie Newhoff. We have James Kelly of Faith Tech. We have uh, Jeff Lockyer of Global Leadership Network. Um, amazing, amazing voices. And we're going to end with really this principle that we are truly better together. So it's not just the girls, not just the guys, it's all of us. And Danielle Strickland will give us um, the message from her book, Better Together. And John and Helen Burns, who truly have done ministry together for years and set such a model ahead of us, will, will close us off. So we want you to join us. You're invited for that day. It's like over six hours of content on November 6th. $60 if you're a church with five or more or ministry, it's down to 45, students are 30, and you'll have access to the content for up to 60 days. So well worth your while. And so Caitlin and Vanessa, thanks so much for hanging out tonight. This was awesome. I miss you all so much. So and good to be together. Yeah, it's good to be together. Thanks, Vanessa. Thanks, Caitlin. And we're just so happy that you've all joined us at on the Her Influence podcast tonight, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Her Influence podcast. Download and share this episode and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Go to gatherwomen.com for show notes, resources, and events in your area. We invite you to join the movement to hear the voices of women represented in equal value and strength in all kingdom conversations and to see the presence of women in equal value and strength in every area of influence. And now, rise in purpose and influence your world with real voices, bold words, and whole hearts.